right, take your seats, everyone. This is our final installment of the 50,000-mile tune-up. Please take your seats. Thanks. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast, a podcast where we cover the fun and exciting world of habit and lifestyle design. Or maybe it's habit and lifestyle renovation. Depends on how you look at it. My name is Brock Armstrong. And I'm Monica Reinagel. Since the beginning of the year, we've been engaged in an all-systems inspection and overhaul that we have dubbed the 50,000-mile tune-up. So far, in this series, we've covered your onboard software. Or your beliefs and your expectations. Your navigation system. Or your goals and your objectives in life. Your engine. How you move and exercise your body. The fuel you put in your engine. Right, your diet and your nutrition. The transmission. Specifically, your ability to shift into neutral or relax. And the ever-important brakes. Right, your need for sleep. Your alignment. Or what direction your choices are taking you. And the timing belt. Yeah, where we took a hard look at what we can actually fit into the day and then made some tough decisions using the work that we did in the navigation and the alignment parts of our tune-up. Now, sticking to those priorities is probably going to require some boundary-setting skills, both internally and externally. And this brings us neatly to the final part of our tune-up, and that is filters and shock absorbers, the things that can really save you when the unexpected happens. So let's start with the filter that we use to decide how we're going to respond to all the choices, urges, temptations, and opportunities that we encounter every day, all day. Yeah. You know, we like to tell the people that we coach to ask themselves a simple question before they make a decision or a choice. What am I saying no to by saying yes to this? Oh, I love that question. I love it too, because it really allows me to be more conscious of the trade-offs that I'm making before I've made them and not just after the fact in the rear view mirror. Yeah. So if I'm just trying to decide whether or not I want dessert, uh, come on, the answer is always going to be yes. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> but if saying yes to dessert means that I'm also saying no to other goals, like maybe blood sugar management or weight management, mm -hmm. well, then I'm actually forced to consider which one of those things is worth more to me. And similarly, if I say yes to working late, I might also be saying no to working out. So I need to decide which is more important to me today. By saying yes to a second glass of wine, I am probably saying no to a sound night's sleep because mm. alcohol definitely degrades my sleep quality. Yeah, me too. So the question is, which do I want more? But listen, by saying yes when my sister calls and asks, do I have time to chat? I might be saying no to catching the news or taking a walk, but often that trade-off is 100% okay with me. Right. So this is simply about being more aware of the fact that our decisions have downstream consequences and to think about those instead of just pretending that there's no relationship between the things that I choose in the moment and the things that I'm striving for in the bigger picture. So that first filter is the question, what am I saying no to by saying yes to this? And bringing that awareness, it's amazing how many of these things just hinge on just bringing simple awareness to the choices or the decisions or the thoughts or whatever it is that we're having. It really is the linchpin behind everything that we talk about in this podcast. That's right. 
But then filtering also extends outside of yourself to the people who are in your life. And these people often are in our lives without our actual choosing. People like coworkers and even family or friends of friends, mm. not people you actively actually went out and found. Now, chances are that some of these people need or want a lot from you. In order to stay aligned with our goals and values, we may need to set and maintain boundaries with the people in our life. In other words, we need to be willing to say no. <laughs> That's right. No is a complete sentence. <laughs> it is. Because always or even just often saying yes to things that are important to everyone else usually results in saying no to some of the things that are important to us. Putting everyone else's needs ahead of your own doesn't just harm you. It often enables others to continue in unsustainable or unhealthy situations, which, in the long run, doesn't help them either. When you start to set reasonable boundaries, it even can start a ripple effect. The person you're setting the boundaries with may eventually actually realize, if you're not going to do this for me, then I'll have to take care of it myself, which means I can't continue to enable this other person's insanity. <laughs> Now, in other words, the person you say no to may have to decide what matters most to them. Whoa. And you know what? At that point, you may as well send them a link to this whole 50,000 mile tune-up thing we've been doing. <laughs> that just is, saying. That's a great idea. Okay, so there's a couple of filters that we need to make sure are working properly. Let's talk a little bit about shock absorbers. Okay. Because... We do need to be ready to absorb the inevitable shocks to the system because, you know, things are going to slip through our filters no matter how good they are. So let's start with having a backup plan. And by that, I don't mean planning for failure. I think sometimes people think having a backup plan is just, you know, anticipating failure. I see it as counting on the fact that there are going to be bumps in the road and being ready for them. So when we make a plan to accomplish something, we're usually using a type of planning called action planning. And that's where we anticipate how, when, and where you're going to perform the steps. Like what do we need to put in place to make this happen? Right. And action planning is super important and super helpful. But coping planning is just as important and hardly anyone ever talks or thinks about it. So coping planning is anticipating the ways in which things may not go according to plan A and being prepared to adapt and to be flexible, especially about what we're willing to accept as a successful outcome. I think coping planning is just as much an attitude that, okay, things may go wrong and that's okay, as it is about, you know, concrete logistical plans, but it's a really important part. When I think about coping planning, I often think of those sort of whiteboard little things that you see coaches at like football games and, and hockey games that they, they have on the bench and they're mm -hmm. drawing all these lines and arrows and stuff going all over the place. So it's like, okay, if you go over here and the puck goes over here, then you have to chase it over here. But if that guy comes over here, then you double back and go over here. That's coping planning. And for some reason, we totally expect it in sports, but in our lives, it seems kind of taboo and scary. Oh, such a good point. Yeah. It's almost like by acknowledging that something might go wrong, we invite it to go wrong. And that's just kind of superstition and sort of silly. Yeah. And in sports, that's how you score the goal. So we should really want to score the goal, shouldn't we? <laughs> okay. So next on the list is the fact that good shock absorbers are 
definitely going to help smooth out the bumps in the road, but no matter how good they are, eventually you're going to hit a pothole that rattles your teeth mm. or scares the heck out of you mm. and makes you think you might get a flat tire a little further down the road. So I guess now is probably a good time to talk about how we actually recover from a setback or a failure. Yeah, let's talk about that. And I think the first and probably most important thing to remember is that we need to learn from this situation. And what I mean by that is that when you can actually learn something valuable from a failure, you've literally wrestled, as Monica likes to say, victory out of the jaws of defeat. <laughs> the only true failure is the one that you learn nothing from. So true. I've said this before in this podcast, and I, I'm sure I'll say it again, is that those people in our lives, and you may be one of those people who claim to be self-sabotagers, I think those people are just, they just haven't learned how to learn from their failures. If you take the time to actually figure out what went wrong and why, failure is actually the opposite of sabotage. It's growth. You're only sabotaging yourself if you quit trying. Right. So one of the biggest dangers is, of course, that <laughs> quitting, trying, or giving up. But a close second is the danger of overcorrecting after a setback, especially when it involves a lapse in your own behavior. In your desire to undo the damage that you feel the lapse may have done, you may be tempted to take a drastic action. And we see this all the time with dieting in particular. The time that you overeat a little bit too much and then you decide to fast for the next day or jump on the treadmill for way too long or something like that. And this can really be counterproductive. Not as counterproductive as quitting, mind you, but still not very effective. Yeah, I would say almost as counterproductive as quitting. And right. I just saw this the other day. We got together with our friend Ruth for dinner. And as she was walking towards us to greet us, I could see that she was limping. No. I was like, Ruth, what, what happened? And she said, oh, and I should also point out that Ruth is our favorite 89-year-old friend. So she comes limping over towards us and uh, and she said, oh, I just, I felt so out of shape after the winter. I had just been inside. I hadn't been moving around. So I decided I was going to do some workout videos, but then I d did three in a row and today <laughs> I can barely walk. So a <laughs> little bit of overcorrecting there. I hope, Ruth, if you're listening, I hope you're feeling better already. Yes, I feel like Ruth is becoming a, a bit of a mascot for <laughs> the Change Academy. <laughs> She's a recurring character. <laughs> You know, and I totally feel for Ruth because it really is natural to feel some regret over a lapse. And you may have lost a bit of ground and be anxious to get back on track as quickly as possible. And I think often that's in an attempt to erase that mistake, right. maybe out of a little bit of embarrassment sometimes. But going to extremes is really not the fastest way to correct your course. The quickest way to get yourself back on track is to simply ease yourself gently back onto the road and drive on. Right. I mean, when you think about it, like pulling back onto the road at full speed and flooring it and just flying over into the gutter on the other side of the road <laughs> right. is, is really not very effective. So that's filters and a little bit about shock absorbers, but let's also talk about struts. And by struts, I mean the things that are supporting this whole vehicle of your life. It is so important to build and maintain a support system, if for no other reason to keep you from feeling like you're on this journey alone. Mm -hmm. But I think this is doubly important if you're not getting as much support as you wish you were from the people who are actually closest to you. 
And we hear this a lot from people that we work with who are trying to make changes in their lives, but they feel like the people they live with, their partners, their spouses, their kids are not as supportive as they could be. Or sometimes it even feels like they're sabotaging their efforts. Mm -hmm. But you know, when someone close to us decides to make a really big change, that can be kind of scary and destabilizing. It sometimes feels like a judgment on what we are or are not pursuing for ourselves. So I'll just suggest that if you're in that situation, a lot of resistance that you may be getting, whether that's overt, passive, or that kind of resistance that gets cloaked as humor, good-natured mm. humor that's not so good-natured, all of that is probably much more about the other person's fears and anxieties than it is about you or what you're doing or even their feelings for you. Right. I, that's really important. Their feelings for you haven't really changed. They're just expressing them probably not optimally. Right. Now, let's assume that these people do care about you and they want you to be well. Let's just assume that for now. So what else might be going on then? Well, they might not understand what you're doing or why you're doing it. Or they might not know how to support your efforts to make big changes in your life. Yeah. You know, sometimes we just expect all the people in our lives to just know what we need from them without us doing or saying anything because, well, that's what they're supposed to do because they love us, right? But right. really, it's up to us to tell them or at least to start the conversation to get them informed. For example... Depending on the nature of your relationship, you could share why your priorities or goals are important to you. So they aren't projecting, like Monica said, their own feelings onto you. Mm -hmm. Or you could give them updates on your process or your progress, share your victories and your missteps with them. So they don't feel like your growth means that you're leaving them behind. Right. Or you could invite them to join in with you or at least support you. And, you know, you might even be able to give them a job to assist you and give them a little piece, a little role to play in your journey. That could be really helpful, too. Super good advice. But as much as possible, the point is that you want to try to surround yourself with the people and the tools and create the environment or the atmosphere that reflects the life that you're trying to create and the person that you want to be or to become. And, you know, that's one of the things that we hope you get from being part of the Change Academy community, because here we are all works in progress. Right. Okay, before we get to our lab experiment, here are the takeaways that I have from our conversation so far. Number one, you can't say yes to everything. And if you don't choose what you're saying yes and no to, someone or something else probably will. Number two. Setting and maintaining boundaries with friends, family, and coworkers is not selfish. It is, indeed, the key to healthy relationships and your own sanity. Number three, remember that things don't go according to plan more often than they do. Make the best plan you can, but then be prepared to be flexible and creative. Number four, overcorrecting when you veer off course wastes a lot of energy, and often makes future corrections even more necessary. And finally, number five, don't go it alone. Find or build your support network, and don't forget to tell them how they can support you. All right, you ready for our final lab experiment of the 50,000-mile tune-up? Bring it on. I feel a little nostalgic already that we're at the <laughs> end of this series. Okay, this one has four steps. Number one, 
choose a primary and a secondary goal to focus on next. So this could be something that you're trying to achieve or accomplish or finish or create or a change that you are trying to make into the new normal. Pick two. And then next, identify, this is all part one though. (laughs) (laughs) And then identify what needs to happen next for each one of those two things. Just what's the next step for them. And then still part one, (laughs) set a deadline for accomplishing those two next steps. So you want a next step that is manageable enough that your deadline could be, let's say, within the next 30 days. If your deadline is a year from now, then that next step is way too big. Okay, Okay, now we're on to part two. (laughs) Part two is to check your filters. What of your current obligations or maybe distractions need to be eliminated or at least temporarily deprioritized in order to make time for these priorities? What are they? Hmm. Part three, check your shocks. Identify the three things that are most likely to derail your plans and decide how you're going to respond when, not if, they do. (laughs) And finally, step four, check your struts. Think about your current circle of intimates and acquaintances. Who would make a good support network for your current priorities? Tell them what you're working on and maybe even how they might be able to support you if they're willing. So I have a worksheet for you to, to get all of that in one place, and you'll find it at changeacademypodcast.com slash filters, which is the show notes for today's episode. So you can download that worksheet. And as a matter of fact, you can find worksheets for the entire 50,000 mile tune-up on our website there. Just scroll back through the episodes and grab them. And in fact, you can find all of the episodes from this particular series all in one place if you go to changeacademypodcast.com slash 50k or 50k. So changeacademypodcast.com slash 50k and you'll be able to find all the episodes and of course all the worksheets all in one place. Yeah. So if you missed a couple, you can go back and fill in those gaps. But now that we have completed our 50,000 mile tune up, we have another little announcement for you. It is spring break. Woohoo! <laughs> We're going take- to Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> we are not going to Fort Lauderdale. No. But we are going to take a few weeks off just to do a little R&R and to work on a couple of other projects. And of course, while we're on break, we're not going to be able to stop ourselves from thinking about you guys and what we're going to tackle next. So if you have something you'd like to suggest, why don't you go ahead and shoot us an email at hello at changeacademypodcast.com. Yeah, we take requests. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this 50,000 mile tune-up as much as we enjoyed putting it out for you. And we'll be back soon. Take care, everybody. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy Podcast with Brock Armstrong and Monica Reinagle.